welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. everybody. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. I am typically the one who introduces myself first, but today I am going to switch things up and I'm going to let my amazing podcast partner in crime introduce herself first. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rhonda Arald, and I'm an advanced platinum certified instructor, and um, I teach second grade in Goddard, Kansas, and I'm so blessed and thankful to be doing this podcast with Miss Laura. Miss Laura, would you introduce yourself, please? Yes, I'm Laura Forehand, advanced platinum certified whole brain teaching instructor, and I teach second grade in Northwest Missouri, and I don't know about you, Rhonda, but I'm really excited about today's podcast conversation. Yes, we have a very special guest. I um, am so excited to introduce, we have executive board member Chris Rexted back with us on the podcast. Chris joined us on episode 13, where he told us about the history of whole brain teaching, which was, I thought was fabulous. Mm -hmm. And we are welcoming you back, Chris, to our podcast. When we talked to you last, it was about the middle of our COVID school year. How did your school year go? Yeah, so thanks so much for having me back. This is a great time. I, I love listening to these podcasts. They have such great nuggets for everybody, and we can just always go back to them. You guys are doing a great job. The, yeah, it's been a crazy year. We in California, of course, always the extremists of everything. We're in, um, we were in uh, distance learning the whole entire year. The last six weeks, we had a little bit of hybrid where kids came back a couple days a week. And then the last three weeks, they came back every day in the afternoon only for a couple hours. But it, it was a great time. We uh, challenged ourselves with some distance learning and new strategies, and, and we had some fun with it. I, I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, good. Was there a specific whole brain teaching strategy that helped you get through this this year with you being virtual most of it? Yeah, I think that uh, a couple of the things were were modifications of what we do in regular classroom. With, for instance, mere words, we we would do just kids would copy my gestures all the time. When just like when we um, get together as a group of whole brain executive board members, we're copying coaches' gestures and things like that. We did that in class because uh, it's so hard to know if kids are really paying attention or not through that that lens of the camera. Um, that was one strategy. In other words, we did use super improvers. We also used the dice roll quite a bit, which was oh, okay. a great, great tool. Um, and also, I loved when we got together and 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 made them do the teach okay, where they had to turn. And, and lots of kids brought in their little stuffed animals or whatever to sit right next to them. And, and we don't usually get that in fourth grade, but we did when we were at home because we were on our beds or we were in our bedroom and and so, but they still got chances to reteach something and say it and out loud and hear it. Um, we missed a few of the pieces, of course, of 
circling around as we do to hear if there's really understanding, but then you call on those kids and they share it back with you. So um, we had to make some adjustments as everybody did, but it was effective and we had a great time. Awesome. Yeah. And I think it goes to show you that, you know, how versatile whole brain teaching is because you can use that face to face and also virtually. So I think that's awesome. So we are engagement is always there. I mean, virtually and in class too. That's what I like. Exactly. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, Laura. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, but we really are excited to have you back on the podcast um, to talk about our series, Beloved Rascals. And so my question, my first question to you is, how would you define a beloved rascal? Yeah, that's that's a, a good question because we have kids that do all kinds of crazy little things. But that beloved rascal is that person um, we've kind of defined as constantly breaking the rules. And constantly not doing what you ask them to do, and they'll have they'll have spot moments of doing things well here, and and um, but they're breaking the rules a lot of times, and then a lot of times too, it could be that that's we think of that as kind of the the outgoing overzealous kid, but it could also be a beloved rascal. Could also be that student that doesn't do really anything, but they're super quiet, right. and they're they're the ones that slip under the radar, right? The ones that we just kind of don't really see until sometimes you kind of go, whoa, wait a second, you're really behind. Oh, because you're not in my forefront of causing mm-hmm. all kinds of problems and being loud and obnoxious. So two kids on the spectrum there of beloved rascals, the loud, obnoxious kid, and then the student that is quiet but doesn't really ever do anything and doesn't show you what they're learning. So we have I'm really to- glad that you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think we forget that a lot of times that those really quiet kids that aren't getting anything done. And you're right. I mean, they, they have slipped under my radar several times. Yeah. We, we put all our energy into that, maintaining a good, smooth running classroom. And so the first thing that breaks that up is the, the student that's kind of loud and disruptive and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that's our first um, target. And then we have to get to those other kids too, because they are, they're in their shell and they, we need to get them out. Yeah. Right. Well, on our last podcast, we talked to Stephanie Meter about flight school. And so this week, we want to talk to you about practice cards as a strategy we can use with our beloved rascals. So got a few questions for you. Our first one, what are practice cards? Well, great. Uh, practice cards is, is kind of a spinoff of that original, um, the card pocket system, where everyone would start with a, a green card in their pocket, and then you'd have a series of of cards behind that, say um, perhaps uh, green and then it'll go to yellow and then orange. And in each one of those cards, once you flip your card or turn your card, as the teacher would say, and we, we probably all sitting out there today could probably say, yeah, I, I did try that for a bit. I, I did. I tried that my first year of teaching for a long time. And it was <laughs> it was very interesting. But, um, you know, the, each card then has its own level of consequence, you know, with going all the way from um, a, just a quick practice or just a quick sit down and chat to all the way to the principal's office to calling home, you, you know, all those traditions. And so when we first put all these things together, we, we wanted to come up with something that was a little bit different. And, and one of our original f- co-founders, Jay had this idea of taking our rules and putting it in that same idea, because it was a nice segue for teachers to break off away of that card pocket and do mm-hmm. um, our using our system a little bit more. And so really the, the whole idea is behind this is we want to reform student behavior. Mm-hmm. We want them to understand 
what they're doing is wrong and why. And it's not just always negative, negative, negative. And I think that's that original card pocket system kind of makes kids feel like, oh, I'm always in trouble. Mm -hmm. Right. We look at it this way. I I look at it and I say, um, you're not in trouble. You just need more practice. Right. Mm -hmm. It's called the practice card system. Right. So so that's kind of um, how I've taken it and used it and, and made sure that kids understand we are just here to practice because you wouldn't do this on purpose to me, would you, Johnny? I mean, you're not on purpose trying to break my rules. You just need more practice with the rule and applying it. So that's kind of my, that's kind of sick and twisted, but that's kind of the, the <laughs> um, it's practice. We just want mm-hmm. them to get better at what they're doing. So that's the rationale behind that. Right. So when should teachers introduce practice cards or you know, when should they pull this tool out of their toolbox? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a, we always want to know the logistics and where do I start and when do I start? If, if we're looking at um, kind of a traditional school year, let, let's go back a year or two to a traditional yes. school year where we're, we're all together. Not everybody, Rhonda was able to stay in their room all year. You know, some of <laughs> us had other things we had to do. So um, traditionally, I'm going to start right away with the scoreboard and the rules, and I'm going to bounce right into super improvers. Okay, and that's kind of the, the plan of what we do. And then we do little things here and there. And I, I'm going to get to the practice cards. I'm going to go as long as I possibly can um, without the practice cards. And I'm going to add one more thing in there, and that's rule practice and rule callouts. And, and all of these things are on our website, and kind of they, they kind of give you a, a step-by-step pattern. But, but I don't want to start getting kids um, used to this because this is – it's a long year. And we've said that for years, school year is a long year and we don't want to use all the cool things right away in September. So traditionally I'm not going to start that. um, Hopefully until early December, I really want to hold on till January uh, just because there are three levels of the practice cards inside of that system. And, and those Mm -hmm. go really nice. Um, after January into February and March after spring break and then to the end. So it's a real nice um, plan, but that doesn't always work. I mean, I've used it sometimes as early as the first November too. It just depends on the kids and how much they're into um, the super improver wall and the scoreboard. You see, because remember the scoreboard is the whole class and practice cards is individual and it's training kids to, to change their, their practice and their behaviors. And so, that's a long, long haul. It's not something we, as teachers, we know. It's not something that happens overnight. And so practice cards helps that. But if we do all of the pieces of our system beforehand, um, it'll make it a little bit easier. So that's typically when I start is um, December. I really like to go till January. So is it something that a teacher has to use if they're using whole brain teaching in their classroom? Great. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I didn't use it. I haven't used it for a couple of years just because okay. you find that that so many of the strategies really um, take off. And I really think with some of the improved super improver strategies and some of those mm-hmm. pieces um, with character education and, and some of the other parts we've added this year of Alpha Hawk rising and different pieces, there's so many activities that kids are involved in. Um, they don't really need to use that practice card. But then sometimes, you know, you've got a couple of kids. And when we use practice cards, you guys have used it probably also. And there are times when there are a few pockets that never get touched, you know. So you're really opening this up for maybe four or five kids. And so sometimes we use other strategies instead. 
but I really like the practice card system because because it has that home connection also that sometimes we we forget with some of the other pieces. But um, yeah, you don't have to use it at all. I mean, it's okay. a it's a tool belt strategy that we just add and uh, it's very effective. But if you don't need it, you don't need it. Okay. I think that's kind of the beauty of a lot of these strategies is that they're there. And so, you know, when you feel like, okay, what I'm doing may not be working for these one or two kids, you can pull in something new, which is what I so much about whole brain teaching. So um, one thing I mentioned with Stephanie is that I teach at a very small um, rural school. And so next year, I don't even want to tell you how many students I'm going to have, but it's not very many. Um, She's going to have 10. Well, I know, and I don't. I think <laughs> Ten I got, students. I think I less than that now because I think one of them moved away. But anyway, <laughs> but so it's a very small class, I know. And so um, this year when we did recess, it was both. Uh, there's two second grade teachers, myself and someone else, and so we did recess together. Um, prior to COVID. Um, we only combined with like one other grade level. For, so the number of students that are out at recess was minimal. And like next year, it could possibly be only like 18 to 20 kids. So, and one thing that you mentioned about like the pulling of the cards, the red, yellow, green, and all that is, is a lot of times it's not, um, there's not a lot of anonymity to that. So when we're talking about practice cards, how do we keep that, from, um, you know, being a display where maybe it calls a student out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and, and I've seen uh, the original pra- uh, card practice. I always call the other one the card practice because <laughs> it really actually card pocket. Otherwise, there's no practice involved. It's all kind of punishment. Exactly. So the horrors, um, you know, if I see a student breaking the rules and, I, and I've done it both ways and, and it lends to your question exactly well of, if I make a big scene, hey, Sam, go pull your card. Yeah, that's that's a long walk for him. And it's a walk where he has a chance to do all kinds of shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. And it, you just called him out. And that goes kind of contrary to what we've always said in Holbrook teaching of we want to keep our professional face and we want to make sure that we're taking the stage away from them. So I just kind of started figuring out ways, okay, how can I do this? Well, I see a kid breaking the rules and I am just going to keep on teaching and keep doing what we're doing. Maybe I'll give everybody a teach okay. And then I'll walk over and very subtly um, move that card. It's a rule two, most likely, right? It's they're breaking rule two. So I take the rule two card and I stick it in their pocket and kind of just walk away. And, and some kids don't even really notice. So then there's not that chance for him to go um, do something else en route to doing to moving his card and then at at the break time when i want everyone i can just quick back and look and say okay looks like everyone's going to recess sam why don't you stick back for just a second i gotta talk to you and then everyone's out and he's there and it's just he and i and um then it it takes away that that showmanship for him and that chance to show off with his friends i think and that's been pretty effective right okay that makes so much more sense and i agree Mm -hmm. with you i always felt you know, in the moment, I guess, you know, before whole brain teaching, when I would use that pocket chart system, um, you know, I always think about my, um, you know, my limbic system going, pull that card, you know, and being in that whole limbic 
limbic system uh, mindset. But then afterwards, I would feel so guilty because here's this, you know, six, seven, eight year old that's having to walk to the back of the room, you know, either, either they loved it because they got negative attention or I just shamed them. So that was always such a struggle for me. So I like the idea of, of this, where you're just talking about, let's just, we just need some practice. That's. Yeah. And and that's the, and that's the whole beauty of it. And I would pitch it to them from the very beginning this way. This is not a year in trouble. This is not a, I gotcha caught you. You're going to the principal and I'm calling your mom and you're in so much. No, no. It's just, Hey, I noticed that you forgot how to do this rule. Let's practice the right way to do this rule. And, and even like we mentioned before, okay, when would you start doing this? We've already probably done right way, wrong way. And so we've practiced all these different things. So this is, this is, that's whole group stuff, right? Right, right, right way, wrong way. And, and getting kids to know the difference. But some of those kids are just so, so impulsive and they need more practice. And that's really what this is. And and good practice is done by yourself too sometimes. And so that's why I try and make sure that it's just one or two kids at a time. Well, it could be four or five of them, but they're all practicing together. So there's no shame there. But um, it's, it is tricky sometimes. And we really want to make sure that we are uplifting kids and making them feel decent too. And and I mean, that's ingrained in teachers, right? We all know that we're in this job. We all have compassion. We're not trying to, unless we're teaching high school or something like that, (laughs) or a little bit more that way sometimes. But for the most part, elementary teachers are just like, oh no, you need to come on. Let me help you with this. So I think that's a a really good point. We want to try and make it as less condemning or walk of shame as possible. Yes, yes. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I want to switch gears a little bit um, about teaching virtually. Many taught virtually this year, if not part of the year, they taught virtually the entire year. And we know beloved rascals are part of our classrooms, no matter what method we use to teach. So we are all hoping for a more normal school year next year. So in 2021-2022. So could practice cards even be used in a virtual classroom? If so, and maybe not, would it work? Is it possible? Do you think? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways. I'm sure we could try that. I hadn't thought too much about it until I saw your your question there for a little bit and just had to think, what's the best way to do that? And and I'm still, to be honest, kind of thinking about that. I mean, if you want to hold a kid back and because, you know, the idea of the practice cards is kids go out to recess and we hold them off to the side for 30 right. seconds and we practice the rule. Um, as soon as I say, all right, everybody, it's almost break time. Boom. My cameras are all off and they're gone. I mean, it's, they're even, you know, so, so I'd have to figure out a way to to con them into sticking around an extra 30 seconds or something. I don't know. So that's a hard part. Um, I think maybe it would this is something that may just be used for in-person messages. But there are lots of creative people out there and maybe we can figure out ways to do that. You could stick them in a breakout room and say, I want to talk to you in this breakout room. We need to practice for 30 seconds. And and that's always an option, I suppose, too. Um, Because you're not singling them out. It's just them and you and you go in and watch them and you could even not even be there if you didn't want to. But um, it's it's a tricky thing um, doing it with in-person versus online. So it's probably a, a chance you could do, but there's there's lots of other things with virtue that we've been doing that have been pretty effective. So that's a good point. Yeah. 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 That is a good point. Um, going back to the practice part of practice cards. So when you do 
hold that student back? What, how long do you hold them back? Is there a certain amount of time that you practice with them? Does that increase? Um, let's say they continue and you have to like the next day, pull their part again or whatever Would that, does that time increase? Um, right. So, um, originally if, if you go back, cause you can go to teachers pay teachers and find this ebook and you can find the original PDF version about 40 pages. It's really very helpful. It really gets a good, um, a good background of it, but we have changed some things over time. And one of those things is, is the amount of time to practice. We started at first, you'd practice for a minute, then you go up to three minutes, and I think you go up to five minutes or one, two, and four, something like that. But but then we started realizing that, you know what, we, we can get more done and more effective, quick bursts of practice with shorter times. Um, so we start with 30 seconds. And I know that doesn't seem like a ton of time, but we don't want kids to be missing their recess. We're, we're almost penalizing ourselves too. If we're keeping mm-hmm. kids in too long, they need to get outside. They need to be with their friends. They need to be running. We just need to have a little bit of a sting. And remember we're pitching this whole thing as practice. So I've always kind of said, you know, we want to get outside to recess because that line at the ball wall or the tether ball gets really <laughs> long and it might only be four people long, but, you know, you got the fourth and fifth grade champions playing ahead of you and they could play for an hour. And so you might not get a chance. And so if you're delayed, even 30 seconds and that 30 seconds in kiddom, that is a <laughs> lifetime, right? So, so we, we changed it to 30 seconds and, and just get them to do that practice while you're off doing something else and not even really watching them and just kind of letting them feel it and then let them go. And now, then we would add more time. Now, when do you add more time? That's another good question that we always, lots of times will receive. And that is after three or four weeks, they're in the card practice. They got a white card in their pocket a couple times a day. Remember, we, we don't, we don't give them more than two practice cards a day because we don't want to punish them and push them in further into the ground. We just want to give one, maybe two. Um, and you choose when you're going to use those cards. But if they're at two practice cards a day for a couple of two or three weeks, I'm going to go to a minute of practice. Um, and then I alluded to a few minutes ago about different levels, three levels inside of this. And so if we've been, been playing practice cards, you know, let's say it's starting January and it's now mid March, just before spring break, I might go up to that 90 seconds of practice time, but, but we just, it's hard to see my gesture on the podcast, but I'm stretching my <laughs> fingers out here. It's a long year and we want to stretch these things as, as long as they'll go, because we still, of course, have scoreboard for the whole class. We still have super improvers. We still have all these little pieces we're doing. This is just one extra bonus piece. And then again, you might go a couple, two or three days where you don't give any practice cards at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that the theory behind the practice start with small amounts and because you can always build up as the year gets closer to the end. I just had a question that I was thinking about as you were talking. So is there a big difference between flight school and practice cards? Good question. The The flight school is really just more for right there, that instant, uh, you know, you're still right at the end of the class time. Um, the one major difference is there's no connection home in flight school. Okay. And, and there's know. no note to bring back. And, and here we, are, we want kids to have, a good discussion with their parents at home, or at least talk about it for a second. And we stress again at back to school night, or actually I don't even talk about it back to school night because we might not use it, but the the initial note that goes home, I tell everybody, Hey, we're starting this. We talk about, um, it's not a punishment. It's just a practice. We just want you to reiterate with your student. We're not in trouble. Don't take away all their stuff. Just, 
practice a little bit longer at home. Whereas with flight school, that's just between the student and I, right then, yeah. even I, I'm not, those are the times are um, a little tricky. I think I stuck with the 30 seconds on those two. Is that what Stephanie mentioned? 30 seconds to start with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's a pretty consistent format for us to go across all these to start with your, your practice times will be 30 seconds then we can up it as we go. But um, so yeah, that one difference between the two is there's, there's a more of a note home and a connection and flight okay. school too. We would use, boom, we might use it this day. We might not use it until Friday. We might then use it two or three days later. It's always kind of there, but I might not really use it. I might jump right to the practice cards or, cause you can, you can do both at the same time, of course, but sometimes flight school, you just have, it's just a quick part, a couple of days, but go on for a couple of months. So. Okay, good to know. Question, Rhonda, I hadn't even thought about that. And something that you said, Chris, that really struck me, and, and I think we also talked about this on our podcast about flight school, is that, you know, these, these beloved rascals, when we take that recess away from them, that's exactly what they need a lot of times. They need to be out there moving and running and playing. And so I love the idea of just taking these small increments of time, 30 seconds. And I will tell you, and I don't know if you can speak to this too, Rhonda, but for a second grader, 30 seconds seems like forever because they cannot wait to get, like you said, to that tether ball or play jump rope or something like that. So I don't think we need to take away, you know, no. 15 minutes or even five minutes of recess. I really do think just those little increments of time, that's such a good point. I agree. So we would love to close out today's podcast with a personal story of how you have used practice cards in your classroom over the years. Do you have a story that you could share with us? Sure, sure. Lots of lots of good um, anecdotes. Uh, one that always pops into my head is is this idea of I had a, a group a few years. Uh, uh, this was actually they're probably all in high school, if not graduated by now. But they were they were. Um, kind of the the group that started the whole beloved rascal thing you know i'm like oh we got these kids oh yeah those rascals you know so we started calling beloved rascals there were five or six of them and um it was just a, a struggle and so i wanted to up that sting just a little bit i i still wanted the practice and they knew that and we were pitching the practice and and all this kind of stuff so so we had overlapping recesses where um where the third and fourth grade had recess together and fifth and sixth grade had recess together. And for whatever reason, we went out um, after the fifth and sixth grade. So their bell would ring and they would walk by my room as my kids were going to recess. So I just said, I'm going to you five boys, of course, you five boys. Once you stand out of that line right outside the door right there, we're all going to recess. I'll meet you there. So I go to meet them there and I give them the whole shtick of the practice. Now they've done this before. They were repeat offenders, my friend. They, they knew the routine, but they'd never done it outside while other kids were out there. Okay. So now I know some people are going to say you're going to, you're hurting their feelings. No, they're strong, tough kids. They handled it, but the reaction was perfect. And I couldn't have done it any better myself get these four or five boys out in this line and they start going after the gestures of rule two. And they're just quiet enough voice. Raise your hand for permission to speak. Raise your hand for permission to speak. And a couple of them weren't really saying it because the fifth and sixth graders were walking by them to go to their room because recess was over for them. And one boy that's in fifth grade walked by. He was also a repeat offender from last year. He said, huh, rule two, huh? And it was just, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is classic. 
but it was reaffirmation for me that this stuff sticks and they know they need to be doing it. And those boys, you know, they did their 30 seconds of practice and they went off and had a good time at recess. And there was no scarring of course for them, but just this idea that it sticks and we need to keep giving kids practice. And I think that's the one thing I want to leave folks with is we got to remember two things. One, whole brain teaching is all these things that we do that you guys are talking about with the beloved rascal um, theme is slow drip irrigation. You're not going to get this stuff to work the first time or the second or the third. You, we have to keep doing it. And then, then you bring in some of these other pieces that we're talking about, flight school and practice cards and scoreboard and all these different pieces really help kids to see that, okay, they're really here for me. And that second part is it is just practice. I always come at them with I got a smile on my face. Hey, you're not in trouble. I'm not calling your parents. You're not busted. You're not losing anything. We're just going to practice this rule just for, you know, these 30 seconds. And I think that's a, that's why I've had a lot of success with it. And then sometimes don't even get to it. So um, it's a, it's a great, great tool to have with you at all times, knowing that you can use it or you don't have to use it. And you can use it for short bursts. Maybe, you know, you do it for a month and realize, God, everybody's kind of back on track and you don't use it for a few weeks. And, and that's mm -hmm. totally fine too. But um, we didn't talk about a couple of those levels, but that's a challenge for you to go off and read that because there's some really cool pieces in there that help people with something. Okay. I've done this for a couple of weeks. Now what do I do? So there's, don't worry. We always have more, right? Laura and Rhonda, we always yes. have more pieces. There's, there's never a ceiling on some of these things. So uh, it, it's a great, great piece. And, and once in some respects, I hope you never have to use it. But on the other hand, when you do, um, you have a very good tool that will help kids get better at their, at their behavior. I know it's in some of the books, but can they download it from teachers, paid teachers? Is that where yes. you said it was at? Yep. And I, I couldn't tell you what um, page it's on or where it's at, but it is just called it. You, you'll be able to tell it's, it's older from kind of the original. I think the mm -hmm. right on is 2009, but it says, um, I just did it the other day just to refresh my memory of a few things. And it's called practice card system. And okay. Have to look for it, but it's there. Okay. That's where I got it about a month ago. So it's, it's a really good. Well, this has been a really great conversation in our beloved rascals series. And our goal is to always give teachers that information and, and where to find it. Um, and these strategies are just something else they can put in their back pocket. Like you said, they may use it, they may not. Um, but just to have that there. Um, I know for me as a teacher, that just, that, that's just reassuring to me that I have these strategies I can pull out when I need to. So we are so thankful that you have been able to come on. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. So I'm so grateful that you got to come back and talk to us about practice cards and how to implement them in our classroom in the coming year. So you talked about it being on Teachers Pay Teachers, but if they um, want to learn more about practice cards, um, can they find this on the website? How about the Facebook? I mean, yes. it's somewhere else. And, and how can they get yeah. in touch with you? Great question. So uh, it is... Um, I would believe, I'm pretty sure it will be under the treasury on our website. So you go across the top of the front page and the front page looks a little different now, but it's still there under treasury and um, you'll find it there. It's a great tool. It's probably in a power up called a power up. It's not um, one of the front um, pieces we're using right now. And that's another whole thing is we are constantly evolving and getting better at things and 
So folks, if you see something or you read about something like, hey, what's that? It's there, find it, or you can just get a hold of us. And yes, there are lots of us, Rhonda and Laura, you're also on the bottom of our website with our Instagram um, pictures there and you can get a hold of us there. And we all have um, an email address with our first name and last name at wholebrainteaching.com. So you can look us up that way. But yeah, it's, it's always great to talk strategies. And I am so honored that you guys called again. Thank you. It's great talking with you. You guys are doing a great job with the podcast. And folks that are listening out there, keep spreading the word so we can get over 10,000 podcast downloads. What a great, great tool this is because we're all driving to work and these are all just the right amount of time you can listen to and from work, right? Get a little burst of something fun for the to practice in your class today. Absolutely. I think Don gave us a shout out on Facebook about um, on their walks, listening to it while they were walking. So well, we're thankful that you're just always willing to come back on our podcast, Chris. We, are, we sure appreciate it. I know your school went a little bit later than ours and you've had some graduations in your life and stuff. So thank you for taking the time to come visit with us today. So, and we'll hope that you will be back on sometime soon as well. So like you said, consider sharing these podcasts with all the teachers in your life. We are all in this together. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast on in our beloved Rascal series. So until then, thank you for joining us today and God bless.